Welcome to Trade Finance Talks, a podcast from Trade Finance Global. During this series, we'll be hearing from global experts, as well as learning about the latest trends, technology and insights in the world of international trade and receivables finance. Episode 23. The problem with it is, is that it's it's invoicing itself, which creates some complexity. Uh, for example, the tax compliance that is essential. They see it as a catalyst for digitization, especially in the B2B, B2G world. I'm Depesh Patel, editor at Trade Finance Global. Today we are here live at the ITFA annual meeting in Budapest. The past few days have been packed with expertise from areas of supply chain finance, credit risk insurance, and ever more creative risk distribution techniques, as well as the rise of fintech within the trade and open account environment. Today we're here discussing e-invoicing, and our subject matter expert holds a 25-year career working at many of the major international banks, also setting up the council responsible for the SEPA payment scheme, as well as a director and executive at SWIFT in a previous career. Our guest today is Mr. Charles Bryant, who is currently the founder and secretary general of the European e-invoicing service providers association, EESPA. So Charles, in no more than 30 seconds or so, can you introduce yourself and tell us what you do at EESPA? Well, thanks for that introduction. I'm actually a former banker uh, in the trade-related businesses. I then work for service organizations in the industry like SWIFT, the European Payments Council, and one or two other associations. And then I became very conscious that e-invoicing was rapidly developing. So I created and worked with the people to set up an association of about 70 service providers. I act as secretary general. I organize activities amongst the group and which we'll go into some detail later, perhaps. Charles, from your perspective within the financial services and e-commerce sector, what have you seen over the last decade or so when it comes to improving processes, embracing technology and helping suppliers unlock liquidity in the supply chain? Well, of course, the last couple of decades have been really characterized by the growth of networks, internet being obviously the paradigm case. And so it's networking, the creation of a networked world, both in the financial services area and in in e-commerce and e-commerce. Secondly, we're moving now into the stage of serious digitization. Some people use the word digitalization, which is more comprehensive perhaps, where you change your business model, but just digitizing data and then transmitting it across networks is now absolutely feasible and it's changing the way we live. Interesting. So just going into a bit more detail there, how is technology helping to close that gap? Can you talk to us about some of the e-invoicing projects that are going on and that EESPA are leading some of the success stories? And why is invoicing hard to digitize and and who benefits from Mm. e-invoices? Well, electronic invoicing is effectively, as I said before, a network play and a digitization play. And the benefits of it are massive in terms of 
efficiency uh, generation and cost reduction, transparency, reduction of fraud and under recovery of tax revenues. So there's a huge benefits case. It's low hanging fruit. The problem with it is, is that it's, it's invoicing itself which creates some complexity. Uh, for example, the tax compliance that is essential. And the invoice is the last thing that happens before a payment gets made. And therefore, it has to be very secure and, and very clear before money changes hands. Some of the projects we do is to connect together platforms which provide services to both buyers and suppliers. In many cases, the starting point of a marketplace like this is three-corner models, three-corner platforms where people invent a solution, develop a solution, deploy a solution, and they wish to onboard both the buyer and the supplier, provide services, data capture, invoice creation, validation, secure transmission, receipt, integration into the ERP system of the receiver. All of this can be orchestrated quite well across a three-corner model, but as scale builds, you're going to find the reality, of course, is that not every supplier is on the same platform as their buyer or don't want to be. And so we have developed some successful models for interoperability, as we call it, whereby parties on different platforms can communicate with each other. And for that, you need to develop standards and uh, protocols and practices to make that happen. The other thing that's been happening is the European Commission, the European institutions have been very supportive of this digitization of invoicing. They see it as a catalyst for digitization, especially in the B2B, B2G world. In the B2C world, there are other catalysts, booking systems, um, Facebook, social media, etc. That drives digitization in that world. But in business, the invoice as a sort of a catalytic document, a fulcrum in relations between two entities is an important process to automate the supply chain. So we've been very active in helping the European Commission and the Standards Body for Europe, SEN, to create a standard which everybody can adopt. Those are a couple of examples of things that we've been doing. Thanks, Charles. And yes, we talk about standardization and interoperability being those catalysts for, mm-hmm. for success quite a lot. Uh, now, let's, let's move on and talk, talk a bit about supply chain finance. And just a couple of weeks ago, we discussed the benefits of supply chain finance as a, as a win-win-win for suppliers, corporates and buyers. Is it really a win-win-win, Charles? <laughs> supply chain finance is quite a complex area. By the way, I got involved in that, if you like, tangentially to my work in e-invoicing, although I do see them as very linked. I see supply chain automation as one side of a coin, the other side of which is supply chain finance. So they are definitely joined up. But supply chain finance is an amalgam of instruments and techniques that have developed in many different contexts and now... Uh, are in need of and are slowly coming together with digitization to become easier to use and uh, create solutions for. In that area, I did some work on standard definitions and and, uh, that that sort of um, clarity that I think the market needs. And that's why I'm here actually at uh, ITFA, because I work closely with Sean Edwards and others who are in this area. 
in terms of the relationship between invoicing and uh, supply chain finance, some of my members, not all of them, many are taking a close interest in whether the adjacent space of financing and maybe even payments represents an opportunity. And I think they're doing that in a collaborative manner. So I think there's huge potential for us to, in effect, join forces or create bridges between the community of fintechs and banks, indeed, and our members, 75 of them we have within um, Eastburn, it's a growing number, and it's also a globally representative number, to see whether we can use our skills in networks and digitization to provide some abilities that the banks and the fintechs could benefit from, and vice versa. So we see that. So it should be a win-win. The clients, in the case of the invoice model for supply chain finance, it's kind of quite basic stuff. In other words, you get an invoice, you get your buyer to receive and accept it, integrate it into their system, and they might then issue a promise to pay or an undertaking to pay or a response to pay, uh, approve for payment message, something like that. And then our members often are then able to package these uh, receivables and have them discounted, various models for that. And I think this area has been undiscovered. I think the we have millions and millions of invoices in digital form within our networks. And I think there is an opportunity to sit down and figure out how to use that as a feedstock for supply chain finance amongst uh, asset managers, banks, and um, other fintech organizations. Yes, and actually increasingly at, at the It's for Conference, we've seen the ecosystem of the fintechs and where, where they're playing, whether it is around big data and mass collection of, of invoices, etc. And, and yet moving back to your point earlier, really liked the work that you did with Sean on, on the standardization of SCF definitions, the, the non-payer centric approach. And I think it's important to understand the different views, but also standardize those definitions in the market. So I guess moving on and following on from your talk earlier, uh, SCF in, in Europe, is supply chain finance in Europe a dream in the making, unrealistic, or is it a giant on our doorstep? I think actually my talk, meaning giant on our doorstep, was referring to our automation, to our e-invoicing supply chain automation. Effectively, that's the giant in the sense that if we can unlock all those invoices, which are evidence of receivables that can be financed, we have a great asset. But also, there is a giant in the making in terms of the proselytization of supply chain finance itself in all its various aspects, all the different instruments, receivables, finance, factoring, payables, finance, distributor finance, pre-shipment finance, all these various techniques can be unlocked. Funnily enough, the European Commission, and they, when they get serious about an issue, they, they mean it typically, but time will tell, but that they obviously the European uh, institutions and the European Central Bank floated the idea of a common payment system that we've achieved. I was involved in that some time ago. They've looked at invoicing and they brought in a harmonization of the VAT directives that drive e-invoicing compliance. And they've also introduced a directive that makes it compulsory 
for all public bodies in Europe to you be able to receive invoices according to a standard. There is a study going on at the moment, and I have a feeling that the Commission and the European institutions might think about whether there is an opportunity to create more of a single market or a capital markets union associated with supply chain finance. There's a lot of consultation going on, and you know, let's see whether some of the legal and other barriers could be lifted so that we could create a genuinely single market for these services, because they are complex at the moment with different legal regimes and different market practices. So time will tell. Thank you very much, Charles, and, and good to have you here today at ITFA Budapest. And we look forward to hearing some of, some of the updates coming out from, from yourselves as well. Thanks for listening to Trade Finance Talks. Be sure to subscribe to our podcasts at tradefinanceglobal.com.